Hello again. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. We're here to save you money, to increase your sales, and to have fun. This is fake announcer guy saying here's Philip and Sherry. So that's uh, Sherry Smith and Philip Jackson, your hosts for the Selling on eBay radio show. It's a program about uh, making money and having fun thanks to eBay. And coming up on this week's edition of the program, we have... Did you score eBay swag at Open? Maybe I did. And... uh, Oh, yes, okay, I'm nodding off. Uh, there's more coming up this week about trading cards, my favourite subject. <laughs> well, PayPal gets sued. That's Uh-oh, interesting. That's lovely fun. And, uh, you know, they told us on the eBay podcast that we could do clever things about having our information uh, pr- represented on the uh, the new international parts of eBay. Well, I tried making some changes and it didn't go to plan. We'll talk about that. Plus, we talked to Chuck Van Pelt from eBay about how he involves sellers in eBay product research. Very good. That's all coming up. And uh, your comments, too, if you like. You can stay in touch. one eBay 723 for text or voicemails. And uh, in the news, Sherry, oh, yes, it's trading cards. Everybody's hot and favorite subject. Everybody but me, because I just don't know how that works. But they now have new requirements when re- you revise trading cards uh-huh. there are options that you have to select one you can select graded and if it's graded what was it graded you can select ungraded uh, but it is required or did you have a professional grader certi- certification number so if you have thousands of trading cards listed oh, yes and you want to revise something you're going to have to revise this part of it as well. And uh, if you're using the bulk editing tool, you'll have to use one of those new conditions. So uh, it, it's one of those things that can mm. be tedious. Could be. Okay, so that's trading cards changing. And also uh, various news organizations picked up the fact that uh, some consumers are uh, entering into battle with PayPal. Oh, yeah. So uh, in Georgia and California, it's a class action lawsuit and it's an antitrust lawsuit, also alleging that PayPal contracts bar merchants and uses that, gets them to, or gives them incentives Uh to offer a more expensive option first. So it's not gouging eBay sellers specifically. That's just what they do in the background anyway, right? Right. That's right. <laughs> but I'm no fan of PayPal. Ever since oh, PayPal... But also... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Also, they are uh, fashioning agreements with e-commerce merchants oh, okay. and that, that artificially maintain high transaction there fees. There you go. There, there you, you go. go. All yeah. right. I knew it was Forgot in there somewhere. <laughs> I kind of fell out with PayPal or decided I was going to um, give PayPal a, a wide berth. Um, once they started charging... On refunds. They keep the commission even though you refund the buyer. That's right. That was the beginning of the end. Immediately I pulled everything off PayPal I could, and I only use them in desperation now, which is usually someone from Germany saying that's the only way they're going to make a large purchase. And I think, okay, well, I guess I'll have to give PayPal some money. But that's, that's kind of how I see it. Is that when you're? That's not when you're on eBay because eBay handles it. That's on your. That's typically elsewhere. Yeah, just yeah. someone wants to buy something. Who knows? And, and the Germans seem to like PayPal. And Germans are funny because they have a strange banking setup. They don't really use credit cards, and they have uh, 
debit cards and they they keep a cash balance somewhere on so they can spend money online because they don't like using credit cards and that's they keep it in PayPal and they're not going to start a big credit balance somewhere else just to suit you and there's lots of reasons for it but I find that uh, yeah there are situations where it's best well you don't want to cut your nose off to spite your face do you no no all right. Uh, that's about the news for this week. It seems reasonably quiet. Um, now, I mentioned last time that I was uh, trying to come up with all these uh, tricks to try and get around this thing that eBay is going to start doing next year, where they publish your home address, your phone number and email and stuff on eBay.fr, eBay.de and all the other places around Europe, which would annoy me somewhat. And they said on the eBay podcast, and I, I think I'm, I heard it correctly, that you go to your account settings on eBay and there's a chance to change the email address that they're going to show and the um, the phone number. I said, well, that's, that'd be nice because I can put some stuff in there that I can then route differently and I can filter things out and control it. So, yes, they were right. The, the facility is on that page to do it and I did go in and change it. So I had this email address is not monitored at mystorename.com, which is a legitimate email address, but kind of conveys the fact that uh, you're not going to get an answer anytime soon. And I discovered the all they are doing when you type that stuff in is not keeping it to one side for use on the EU site. They're just changing your base email address on your eBay account. So oh, no. I changed it, and now I'm getting all my searches are coming back to no such email address at oh, mystoredomain.com, no. which is pointless. Why would I do that? It doesn't make any sense. So unless I'm really stupid and I've missed a very obvious point, I think that someone doesn't know what they're talking about or someone hasn't built the site correctly or something strange is going on. Can you still put that? You can't put the fake phone number then because no, then that you'll changes, not get the calls. Well, I don't mind not eBay not having a real phone number for me because why would they want? What, why would they need my phone number? Because if you call customer support, they call you back. But you can always enter a, a one-time phone number for that. Ah. And I usually okay. phone from my buying account and use that number. Got it. And the buying account, they, they like oh, much Philip more because because I must be in the 0.0001% of buyers because I think the top 16% do $3,000 a year per their strategy presentations. Ah. Well, $3,000 is a quiet week or a busy day for me, depending how you how you view it. So I must be fairly high up the stack of, of buyers just because I buy and sell, you know, for business. So, do you have eBay concierge as a buyer? Yes, uh, it says, we'll call you back, and it says one minute. And usually it's about 14 seconds for that phone rings. Nice. So there you go. So I, I tend to use the buying account to set up uh, conversations with eBay, but we're getting off topic. Anyway, so I, I think we should try and track down your buddy Andrea and put these questions to her. I know, I know. I, I have to do that. So that's uh, your homework for next time. Um, also, uh, you were talking to me the other day about uh, some Valerie, that's Valerie Yee, of eBay, some conversations with her and some stuff you'd been research you'd been doing on the back end of those. Yeah, so I just wanted to share more about when Valerie joined my networking group at eBay Open. She was talking about Terapeak and the fact that you can use it for so many things. And one of the things you can use it to do is see how many other sellers are there selling your item and use that information mm -hmm. to determine if you should use promoted listings for that item. And if there are a lot of other sellers, then yes. And if there aren't, 
then you can then choose not to use promoted listings. That was one example of how great Terapeak is. Also, uh, aside from Terapeak, uh, people in the networking room were asking, should you end and relist your items so that they come up fresh and new? And I'm sure you can imagine her reaction was no. Yes. Uh, And she said that'll just change buyer's behavior because then they'll just see that the minute they see something that's newly listed, but it's the old item they were looking at, then they're not going to pursue newly listed items. And she's right. If it's just... I think from a buyer's point of view, you know, I see these people constantly relisting stuff time and time and time because it comes up in my search feed. And it's just cluttering up my search feed with stuff that's of no interest. Now, at some point, I get tired of that, and I knock that ID out of my search parameters. Exactly. And that's what she said buyers would Um, do. So, you know, it doesn't serve any purpose. Plus, I I remember specifically having a conversation with her where I said, well, is your system smart enough to detect someone who's trying to game the system by doing a, a sell similar rather than a relist. And she said, yes, we, we have that pretty much covered now. Oh, good. So unless you are really going in the guts of the thing and changing it all around so it doesn't look like the original listing, then I'm not sure it's worth it. And, and also it, it gives you a plethora of item numbers and stuff. Now that must be difficult to keep track of as well. Yeah, I learned about this like maybe 10 years ago or so as a technique and I never did it because it just takes too much time. It's a mess. And so it's one of those things that I wished would go away before I had to uh-huh. pursue it, like Bitcoin huh. and or, or understand That's still it. Going? Actually, I heard about a book uh-huh. about Bitcoin that says it's not really holding its water anymore. Right. But anyway, well, well, so any situation I'm glad... where the, the guy running the bank has his has his fingers in the till and can use the money as his personal expenses, which seems to be the case with some of these chaps, uh, that that's a cause yeah. for concern. If you ask me, <laughs> we want to put my money in there. That's not going to happen. Exactly. Some people made a whole lot of money on the stock, but uh, overall, uh, people are just losing money on these NFTs and all this oh, other yeah. stuff. So the other thing that Valerie brought up was that the new background remover tool is using AI. And it's on desktop. And it's on desktop, and I tried it out yesterday, Uh and it worked really well. You can't uh, edit it, so you either like what it does or not. But I didn't like the editing of the old one anyway. It was so Uh time-consuming. It just wasn't worth it. So the new AI background removal tool... Gets a thumbs up. Okay, well, that's up. good. Now, you because you told me you were going to play with it, I had a little play with one sample before we started. And, yeah, it, it does a pretty good job. As you say, the only issue is it's making decisions as to what's in or out of the picture, and they, they're quite bold decisions sometimes. And yeah. it doesn't know what the item is. So if it sees something it thinks is associated with the subject, it goes in. And yeah. so I've got my object on the screen. There's a big thing poking out of one side, which... I could see why it thought that was part of the image, but as a human, you know, well, that's not part of what we're trying to sell. Exactly. And and there's no way simply just to sort of select that little extension and and delete that. So I don't know quite what we do next. Do we just submit 
the photo with a, the thing poking out the side of the object or, or yeah. route it to manual editing or not use it at all or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I would, if you know, if it was me, I would have thought tweaking the final output would be a minimum thing before I launch the product outside of a beta trial. Because yes. I think if you if you, if you may give people a less than ideal experience, it, it you know, you wait a week or two, you probably would have fixed it. Yeah, and I can't if I can't depend on it to work every time, or at least if it doesn't work to be able to edit it, then I'm just always going to know I just have to take all of my items pictures with yeah. the white background, so then I'll just not use it. Mm-hmm. Okay, well have a go with that. Let us know what you think. You can. Um send us an email if you like. You can do that through our little website. It's called sellsellsell.online. Love to hear how you think you're getting on with it. Maybe you've got a way of uh, kind of nudging it in the right direction before it does its editing, perhaps. Okay, and another thing that Valerie brought up, which for me was earth-shattering, Okay, because I think you might know that I don't like mm-hmm. the AI descriptions. Oh, yeah. I just can't stand all of those extra words. And you can I've spot been... them a mile away. Yeah. And they're rubbish. And they're just rubbish. It, exactly. Apparently, he thinks they're wonderful. Well, guess what? Go on then. I know why. Because uh, Valerie said, Google likes the descriptions with more words in it. Mm. So it's fulfilling mm. Google's algorithm. Mm. eBay and Google have a strange relationship over the years, you know, do you necessarily believe what one says about the other? I, I don't know. know. It's, they seem to have patched it up over recent times, but I don't know. Yeah, well, Google likes it, but it's a crap listing. I mean, what what difference does it make? Is that a step exactly. forward? Exactly. I'm not going to do it at this just, point. It's just, just just junk. It makes you look like a complete idiot. You might get you might get shown on Google, but if you're an idiot on Google, what does that achieve? I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, they, they, they love it. As you said, because they think, oh, it converts more. Google loves it, this, that, and the other. Oh, well, I don't know. I just think sometimes that they're chasing the wrong objective. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the last nugget so from there. So that's probably the last time Valerie's going to be a guest on our show, but there we are. Oh, well, uh, she probably doesn't probably, listen, so I think got we're better, okay. better things to do than worry about the likes of you and me. Uh, okay, let's move on. And uh, I don't know, the mail came out uh, with our swag scores. Did you get an email from uh, uh, the swag people saying what you won at the event? Or did you not get I, anything? I was too late leaving oh, feedback, dear. although I did leave feedback but I, I was too late. What'd you get? Well, let's have a look here. I've got a, you scored some eBay swag. Maybe you've got some one of these letters yourself. Uh, it, and that it could, these things might vary depending how fast you were, how much they have in stock, who knows? But I'll compare notes and uh, we'll see what we all get. So, first item for day one, they sent me a seller essentials toolkit. And this kit in tool, includes tools <gasps> of the trade. Oh, no. Measuring I'm tape, jealous. label remover, and a lint brush. I'm for. <laughs> No, you weren't excited about that? I'm not excited by that. But that's oh, okay. Me. Then I'll stop being jealous. No, okay. Uh, now, the movie, day two is more interesting, though. eBay totes for your package. Sturdy bags with a space to handle even the most bulky shipments. Uh, now, that's, that's, that's worth the price of admission because that's yes. actually quite useful. And I probably won't toss it out straight away. And then uh, day three, I got myself a, a fandom bundle. So I can accessorize myself with a scarf and pom-poms in the iconic eBay colors. 
<laughs> oh, so, Philip, I know you want it. So if you find yourself coming to a, a meetup in the Orlando area, you'll be going home, I'm, I'm sure, with one of these fantastic gifts. Because um, I think Not I the bag. Probably, probably, well, I might keep the bag, yeah. Or I'll carry use the bag to carry the stuff to the meetup. How about that? Yes. Uh, uh, okay. And, and perhaps most significantly, uh, an eBay $25 gift card. Apparently, for being prompt oh. off the mark in sending in my scores on the Dang. three days. That's but maybe they sent it to all the girls. Who knows? But anyway, oh, so, so there you go. So that's a definite positive on the gift card. The rest will be finding its way to a meetup somewhere near us very soon. All right, so that's the eBay swag. Let's move on with our guest for this week. He's just trying to find where I put the audio. Um, so this is <clears throat> our friend uh, Chuck Van Pelt. Uh, Chuck works for Valerie in the seller experience team um, and does a lot of research. And this was kind of part of my little mission uh, during seller week at eBay because I was trying to figure out just really how eBay goes about researching stuff with sellers, how important sellers are to the design process, how do sellers get involved in stuff. Do they actually pay attention anyway? Uh, stuff like that. And uh, Chuck was the, one of the guys that runs a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, so he was a very uh, interesting guy to get to talk to. And in a very lazy DJ kind of way, I started off by asking what he actually does at eBay. My name is Chuck Van Pelt. I'm a seller advocate at eBay. Put simply, that means my job is to represent you as a seller at the table at eBay when it comes to building our products, making them better. Um, I'm here to listen to uh, what works and what needs improvement from sellers and getting that in front of our product managers. And do you sell yourself? I do. Uh, I've sold on the platform for many years. Good. Um, since I think my, if you look my account up, it'll say 98 possibly is oh. when I started. Um, and I've been pretty consistently selling on the platform since then. I do uh, a lot of electronics, a lot of kind of things that you sell, Philip. Uh, um, vintage cameras and, mm -hmm. and uh uh, vintage uh, audio media and you know really anything that uh, in those areas that I can sell. You do a lot of work uh, researching things with sellers, setting up seller panels, I think, and, and interviews with with people. I do. Um, we'll have uh, a need maybe from a product manager who has an, a hypothesis about. Yes. Um, you know, I think that sellers need this, or we, based on seller behavior, we think this improvement to the site might be called for. And so they'll come to me and say, um, Chuck, I'd like to talk to three or four sellers who are in this demographic, maybe business to consumer sellers who are in the U.S., who sell over a certain amount of items per month. How do you pick people to be part of the, uh, the research program? Well, what I would recommend, the first thing you can do is go into your account preferences on eBay, and there's a box to check that says, I would like to, I'm willing to accept research questions or inquiries ah, about okay. right. uh, my use of the eBay product. And all that really does is it gives us the, the thumbs up okay. to reach out to you. Um, I like to pull sellers who I've never talked to before. I like to find um, kind of fresh sellers who haven't been influenced by talking to us a gotcha. hundred times. Yeah. Those uh, um, opinions are wonderful too and we have a great stable of sellers. Um, we have a group we call Expression. I was going to say, can people volunteer to be, be a guinea pig in your machine? Absolutely. <laughs> we, we do have a group called the Expression Group where sellers can uh, sign up and you basically pre-fill out a form that gives uh, um, 
what's the term I'm looking for? Like a non-disclosure. Okay. Because um, one of the benefits you get by joining that program is you get to hear uh, maybe about some things that we haven't done yet or they're considering yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, because before, when we're still kind of in the ideation phase of what we want to do with eBay in the future, where we want to go for sellers, we haven't decided what we're doing yet, but we do still value feedback from sellers. So in order to do that, we just kind of have an agreement with some sellers where we Mm -hmm. say, hey, Mm -hmm. we're going to tell you a little more than we would tell the average person, and we're just going to ask you to keep that under your hat, but we do really want to hear from you um, if you think that's valuable or what you think we could do to make it better. Do you think, in your experience of working with with product managers, that they are well in touch with the selling community? I'd say for the most part, I'm... I'm continually surprised at how in touch our product managers are um, with the sellers. It's very unusual for me to bring an issue to a product manager and they have, they're not aware that that exists. Yeah. I'll say, hey, you know, we're hearing a lot of sellers who say um, they would like to see some component of the seller hub work a certain way and uh in most cases they'll say actually we're exploring that now or we've Mm -hmm. explored that before but that said they can't be aware of all of the opinions that Mm -hmm. exist out Mm -hmm. there and that's why i'm here you know one of the things that i feel i think the folks that work for ebay their perspective is more the sort of the c to c the smaller end is there more that could be done for example to maybe try and expose your colleagues to walk in the shoes if you like of Mm. the the the, the full-time seller maybe there's a lot we can do and i i do think sometimes product managers who are used to working in a particular like vertical category or with a certain segment of our users will get kind of myopic on that group but that's really why my job exists my job is to help build seller empathy across all of the segments. And when I say segmentation, I mean, we get pretty narrow. Our, our segments of sellers are broken down. It's not just um, consumer to consumer and business to consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes deeper and, and uh, you know, you have enthusiasts and um, people who are passionate about a particular area. You have sellers who sell... Um, certain volumes, sellers who only list on the mobile app, sellers who list uh-huh. only using uh-huh. our API. Uh-huh. And these are all segments that um, I try to equally listen to and get their voices to the, to the product. And team. are there certain sellers that are really hard to find? They don't want to participate? Yeah, I mean, the, the larger you get with sellers in terms of their gross revenue and the um, volume sold, um, obviously they're busy people. They have a lot... Um, more going on in their lives and they also are uh, there are fewer of them <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's harder for me to find uh, sometimes people in those segments and that's where our expression program comes in because there are subsets of sellers even though they are large businesses they are seeking out that engagement with eBay mm-hmm. and so that program mm-hmm. is a great way for them to connect with us what are the most common things that you get from sellers in terms of their reaction to eBay or things that they, they want to see that you're advocating for? Well, I mean, I think you can imagine what some of the hot-button issues are these days. Um, unpaid items are a big oh, yeah. topic mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I can tell you is taken very seriously at eBay. Um, it's hard for eBay as a company to communicate the minutiae and details of 
what's going on in that space. But rest assured, it is very critical to the company right now. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. a lot going on there. Okay, right. that's very interesting. Is there anything else that we should be talking about that would be of interest to <clears throat> sellers understanding perhaps how eBay gets inside the, the head of, of, of sellers? A topic that's close to my heart and part of my job actually yep. is to help uh, encourage our employees to be the customer. Yeah. And uh, myself, I have no problem selling on the platform. Mm -hmm. I, I would do it if I didn't work at eBay uh, because I do enjoy it so much. But um, I have experienced with my coworkers um, that sort of epiphany they have when they sell even two or three items on the platform. And then suddenly they're in that seat, that seller seat, and they get it. They just sort of um, really wake up to the um, the things that we all deal with as sellers, and um, and I think it gives them a lot more empathy and makes them better product uh, managers and leaders when they have that experience. But I will say that in my experience, um, our GCX team or our, our customer care team, uh, who interact a lot with sellers when they call in, um, they tend to be some of the the highest adopters in terms of selling on the platform. Um, I don't know if there's something about the mindset of a customer care person and their likelihood to <laughs> sell on eBay, but a lot of times the people you talk to when you call in are actually selling on the platform. Yeah, I think he's right. Uh, I think you can tell when you talk to the customer service people at eBay, the ones that actually do sell on the platform, it is, uh, I think, obvious from the way they interact with you that they understand what you're doing as a seller. So that's, uh, that's very yeah. true. So uh, that's Chuck, and uh, I was looking. Uh, there used to be the case you could, if you wanted to volunteer, be, be part of his panels, you could just go to eBayExpression.com and sign up. But now, when you go to that site, it says enter your email address and we'll help you sign in. So the general sign-up function seems to have disappeared from that. But maybe it's eBay.com/slash eBayExpression. Don't know. Well, we'll we'll keep working on that. Uh, but that's a good way of volunteering to um, to have your your point of view um, heard. And I should also say a thank you also to uh, Evan Swanson from eBay. He was kind of part of that discussion, but we were in this sort of ten by ten <clears throat> mini meeting room at eBay Land, and there's all these sort of hard walls and a desk and stuff. And and Evan's doing it via Zoom via like a video set the other side of the room, and. Um, just by the time the audio goes through the whole podcast process, I think it would have been pretty hard to follow. So uh, the, the the chops you heard in the audio, they were me just trying to focus it on Chuck because I think that was the audio that's going to render better on, on the podcast. But uh, thanks to Evan for taking part and, and providing some good answers as well. Um, it just was difficult to get the audio right on the day with that one. Yes. That's very well, that good. That was good to know. Uh-huh. Now, uh, if you are going to the Boss Reseller Remix, then uh, I think Chuck's going to be there on the eBay oh. table. He's going again this year. I'm really preparing okay. my list of topics to uh, to uh, bend his ear about. So uh, yes. then I'll be spending time with him. And when is that? That is, that is this next week, week uh, assuming you're listening the week we record this. So the 16th to 19th of October is Boss Reseller Remix taking place in Las Vegas. Um, I believe tickets still available, 345 American dollars each if you want to go. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be very happy to take your order. I'm going to be there. Are you going to be there? 
I'm not going to be gonna there. This You'll have to represent. Oh, no. I know. I'll miss you. All right. Well, there you go. So I'll be uh, milling around, maybe trying to record some stuff and uh, see what's going on, get the scoop as to what's up with uh, going on in eBay land, and uh, we'll bring that back uh, in a few days' time. And with that, I think that's about it for this week's edition of the program. This is Philip Jackson saying thank you very much indeed for joining us. And I thank you so much for joining us. <laughs>